This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning and welcome into the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst Chris Tagno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins, who is fuming off of four hours of sleep, but you would never know it. He's got a rope hat on. He's ready to go. The boys are coming back from, I got to be honest, I'm bouncing back from a bachelor party weekend. Body's beat up a little bit, Drew. Yeah, it, it, you, you've been really kind of holding it together uh, along with the rest of the team. We got a 2025 top 247 update coming out tomorrow. Which happens to be my birthday turning 31, man, really getting old. It, I feel like time's just passing me up, but that's neither here nor right, there. Oh, no, no. well, before we get into the, the show, tell us about the bachelor party. Where did you go? I mean, what you can, the PG stuff. Um, how was it? It was all PG. It was all PG. Might have been one PG-13 moment at some point on Saturday. But outside of that, we went to let you in on a little secret. If you're out there, you're trying to figure out, hey, where should I go for my bachelor party? There's this place in Florida in the Panhandle called Rosemary Beach. 30A is what the people like to call it there. Fun little town. Nothing crazy. White beaches. Great sand. If you can find a nice little spot to curl up in, it's a good spot. And then you go out, there's a bar called AJ's. Got a nice local band. It's a good spot. There's a, the, to me, it's like you go back and you look at Nashville and all the bachelorette parties used to be flowing there. And now the bachelor parties have kind of caught up. To me, that's where Rosemary is right now. It's like the ratio is like six to seven to one bachelorette to bachelor wow so it's just a, it, and it's not like hey we're going to look for that but like you you go out at the bar and it's very you know good, ra- good ratio yeah the, the the ratio is there it's present you know what i'm saying so um oh, no, it was a good time man I'll played a lot of golf the prince of florida has not been to rosemary beach so one of the few <laughs> pockets and, and corners i haven't touched in the state of florida so <laughs> it's in your backyard dude no, it's not. It's like an eight-hour drive. I looked. <laughs> Everywhere is in your backyard. No, it was a good time. Played a lot of golf. Played okay. Couldn't hit a fairway to save my life on Friday. Oh, on Thursday. And then Saturday, we played windswept dunes. Great course. Long course. There was not a par three shorter than 182 yards. 
So if you don't have that four iron in the bag, you're you're, you're a little bit limited there. But I'd be hitting a good fair trip. wood. <laughs> good trip. Um, how about you, Drew? A little OT seven. Yeah, I was up in Orlando. OT seven. We had the uh, the great flood of 2023 down here in uh, Broward County. Um, thank thankfully no water in in my house, but uh, it was like a war zone on Thursday. You you missed this whole thing, man. I mean, stalled cars everywhere, news helicopters flying overhead, um, just devastating floods. Uh, but we made it out safe. Pool overflowed. That was my biggest, uh, and my fence fell down. But we're, we're kicking here. Uh, I'm just kind of upset because you're in Florida for all these hurricanes, right? And you, you prepare these named storms and then like nothing ever happens. Well, uh, there was no warning for this and it was, you know, catastrophic. I think they had a flash flood emergency and people really didn't know it was going to, you know, rain 30 inches in 24 hours. So that sucked. Um, but the city's rebounding or rebounding or uh, yeah, I think that's, am I using the right you word? Got it right. Yeah. Rebounding. Got it right. That happens in New Orleans all the time. I know. I was thinking, I, for, I was thinking about you. You get ready for these big ones and it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, they kind of swerve or sometimes they don't swerve like Katrina didn't swerve, you know, but I don't know. There's other times you're sitting there and you're sitting in this fishbowl in New Orleans. It's like a, it's under sea level, right? So a tropical storm could do you a lot of harm. And I don't know if you know anything about New Orleans. If the power goes out, usually it takes about a day or two for the power to come back on. If a stoplight goes out, then you're in trouble. That takes about two to three weeks uh, for to come on. The, the beautiful city of New Orleans always working with great urgency. All right, Drew, let's get into some football, huh? little yeah. transfer portal opens up again. Saturday, April 15th, it is open until April 30th. We have talked about this uh, somewhat to an extent, talked about the importance of this and how teams are are going to address this and what it looks like. And Drew, I guess I'll just ask, you know, I mean, obviously you are very connected in the world of college football. I mean, what, what have you heard about this period of time and how teams are really kind of navigating the second transfer portal window? Well, I, I think everyone is kind of like sitting there twisting, you know, twisting their thumbs like, all right, like when are the names going to enter? When are the names going to enter? Um, and for those unfamiliar, this is kind of a, first year of this second window of the transfer portal. Remember it was open back during the winter months. Now it's open here, April 15th to April 30th, um, kind of coincides with the end of spring football. And if you talk to a, a lot of college contacts and Coop, I'm sure you've had these conversations, people are like, all right, well, kids are going to know where they are on the depth chart. They're going to enter the portal. Um, so the feedback I've gotten just talking with different people is not as many names are in as people thought, but I had someone tell me, keep an eye on on Wednesday. That's an important date. And depending on when you're listening to this podcast, I could be completely wrong, but this was one theory. Uh, if a kid goes to a school and says, hey, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm transferring out. Well, that school can sit on that paperwork for 48 hours before they put them in the portal. So, uh, And that's business days. So two business days. So uh, the theory is like maybe there were some kids over the weekend that said, hey, I, I, I'm going to leave. Uh, you know, there's an exit meeting with the coach and and some schools are like, all right, man, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. So uh, we'll see if more names entered. But it seems like a lot of guys trying to go G5 to P5 um, and then some some big names that are maybe looking for fresh starts and uh, a change of scenery. 
Well, it's not all quiet on the Western front. You got guys like Barry Alexander, former four-star defensive lineman in the class of 2022, out of the state of Texas originally. I believe Denton Geyer. Yeah. No, uh, I think and, he bounced around schools. Bounced around a little bit. Uh, so excuse me there. Um, but a guy that actually played some snaps for Georgia last year. I mean, had over a hundred snaps. This is a guy we talk about premium positions all the time, Andrew. I mean, I guess it's easy to see the, the way that Georgia recruits defensive line, maybe Bear Alexander not being in their plans. I didn't get that impression from yeah. Kirby Smart. Uh, it, it seemed like this was a guy that they fully expected uh, to be involved this upcoming fall. So Bear Alexander, he's on the market. Another name uh, that you might remember as well, Washington Savelle Smalls, edge rusher from the class of 2020 formerly the number five weak side defensive end when we had that as a position group and drew i know you wanted to know if i recruited him <laughs> yes uh the answer was yes i was at washington during the recruitment of savelle smalls and i mean i can pull the curtain back on that one yeah, a little bit because let's... it was a it was a winding winding road and you know this has nothing to I guess it does, but you know, Chris Peterson's famous line to me always was recruits tell you who they are. You just got to listen to them. And the story of Savelle Smalls was just, there are not a lot of players that come from that region. I guess in that two to three year window, there was, um, but not a lot of guys that come out with the, the, the prominence um, from a national scale that Savelle Smalls had, and this was one of the most prized recruits. And for a lot of time, Washington was out of this. There's a lot of uh, games being played by, I think, Smalls and his crew. I mean, we weren't named in one of his uh, top schools. I don't know if it was a top five or a top ten. I can't remember off the top of my head. So it just went quiet and kind of went dark. Oregon was involved at the time with Mario Cristobal, Tennessee, was involved at the time with Brian Niedemeyer. Uh, there was there good was friend of the a pod. lot. Good friend of the pod. There was there was a lot going on. Um, so we just kind of waited it out, and then it got to the point where I think Savelle Smalls and and the people in his corner realized that okay, Washington, especially with the track record under Chris Peterson and Pete Kwiatkowski, just made the most sense and was the best fit. Um, but I think with Smalls, who who I believe, um, you know, there 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 was just a lot of noise around him. There was always a lot of noise, and he was really smart. I mean, this guy I think was north of three point six, three point seven GPA at Kennedy Catholic and and Washington. Um, so let me be blunt: there was a de recruitment process that needed to take place. The fit was not always apparent with Savelle Smalls. This was a guy that probably fit Oregon under Mario Cristobal a lot better than he fit the University of Washington. I've talked about it on this show. Those two programs couldn't have been any any more different than they were. And Savelle Smalls goes to Washington and, to his credit, sticks it out for, what is it, three years, two years uh, that he was with the program um, and now decides under Kalen DeBoer that he's going to look for a fresh start. I have no issue with this. This is, this well, is the, the the way of the world now. Yeah, and I was surprised to read he only started like one game. Is that that can't be right? 
you look at his snap count, I think it pretty much decreased throughout all of last season. I mean, he played, I want to say, north of 30 snaps against Kent State. Um, and then after that, the highest snap count he had was in week three against Michigan State at 25. And then the last game they played against Texas, he had 12. Yeah. I mean, so just looking at this from an outsider, right, it, it feels like this isn't a guy that's like – you know, piss people off inside the building and is leaving. Like he's just kind of, he needs a, a, a change of scenery. And and the one example I always use, and I know this guy was injured, but like Jalen Phillips, right? He goes at UCLA, medically disqualified, shows up at Miami, um, becomes a monster in the weight room, has an, a heck of a, se- a season, and, and then parlays that into a first round uh, pick of the NFL draft. And now he's making plays for the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, I think that is like best case scenario for Savelle Smalls. I would imagine Cooper, the market for him is probably, I mean, he's going to have power five options, right? Yeah, he's a three, four stand up edge that ironically has become more of a presence in the run game than in the pass, which I think situationally, there's always going to be a need for those type of players. You know, the other guy that you could go back to is Leatu Latu. We recruited at Washington, signed with UW, was a top 247 standout, very similar to Jalen Phillips, medically uh, disqualified. Ends up getting cleared, goes to UCLA, I want to say number two or number three uh, in sack total last year in all of college football. So I do think, especially for these pass rushers, and I know what I, I just said about Savelle Smalls, I don't know if the market's going to be scorching hot, but he'll yeah. definitely find a home. I mean, well, the, these guys are going to get second and third opportunities. Yeah, and, and I think it's more of, right, like how many schools, quote unquote, retooled and tinkered with their roster. I mean, you're adding a a, a veteran body in the front seven, which is a, a premium position group. And I, I think sometimes with transfers, and I don't know the specifics on Savelle Smalls, you know, what it was like on campus and, and all that stuff, but um, you know, why is the portal so sexy? Well, uh, Savelle Smalls has gone to class. He has passed classes and he's gone to workouts in the morning and he understands how to do that. You don't know if you're going to get that with a, a, a 18, 17, maybe sometimes 19 year old freshman that's, that's showing up. So I do think he will have some option, which last thing on Smalls, Miami, should we keep an eye on him? He said, he's a, a crystal ball guy. I don't know. I don't know. That's a, you can never count him out. I don't know. You know the, the the team that I'd be interested? Colorado. Like they, they they can't have enough of those guys right now, you would well, think. They, right? they a, are, do, they have, do they have 200 roster spots? Do they have a JV and a varsity team? Like <laughs> They might. They might. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. But good to – always good to have a little bit of context on, on these guys. And for, for what it's worth, I – Savelle Smalls, I think, has done nothing but handle his business since he's been up in Seattle. Uh, and he's certainly not alone when it comes to those type of recruitments that happens. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Savelle Smalls. And we wish him a lot of luck. Drew, outside of that, uh, a couple that um, you Just, know, I know you wanted to hit on. Yeah, um, I mean. A&M gets involved. They, they get a, a commitment from former Rice fullback Jerry Johnson. Uh, how does that uh, impact the run game there with uh, Bobby Petrino and Jimbo Fisher? And then Old Dominion quarterback Hayden Wolf, three-year starter. He's now in the portal. He started 12 games last season. 
you wonder, all right, who are some teams kind of looking for a quarterback? Drew, I know you had mentioned Florida. Maybe not so much as, you know, when you're looking at Florida from, a, from hey, is Hayden Wolf going to come in here and, and potentially compete for a starting job? But you look at that room, and in terms of a, a depth standpoint, maybe it makes sense. Um, but any 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 thoughts on on those? I, I mean, I think that that's going to fly under national radars. It's like, all right, Texas A&M goes and, and gets a fullback. Like, all right, what are we going to see from the Aggies on offense here in 2023 with Petrino and Jimbo Fisher? I, I just thought that from a personnel standpoint, Texas A&M going and in, in, in getting a, a throwback type of player, which, you know, we're, we're seeing some fullbacks on Sundays now, right? Lead blockers, guys that can catch it out of the backfield. I just, you know, it's just like, huh, you know, what, what does this mean? What is What do the Aggies have in store on the field and I believe Jerry Johnson's the kid's name he's actually from Florida I, don't, I do not remember him at all but his dad I think is a strength coach there in College Station and then Hayden Wolf uh, another guy I'm familiar with um, and he was at uh, Venice High School um, and uh, saw saw him play uh, saw him in a bunch of camps you know I watch a lot of conference USA football or, or I did in the past um, and you know saw him st- play some games I saw him beat FAU uh, he kind of exceeded expectations for me, big frame passer, but, you know, 12 games, you know, s- schools are looking for veteran quarterbacks. And I I wrote on the, on the rundown, Florida, you know, after their spring game on Thursday night, Billy Napier said that uh, even with Jack Miller there and Graham Mertz, it, it looks, or it sounded like they're still looking to add a quarterback. I mean, I think if you're a Florida fan, like the pipe dream is, is Malik Murphy, who, um, lit it up in uh texas a&m spring game uh but you know maybe a hayden wolf makes more more sense you know doesn't come in with the expectation that he's going to be qb1 but he adds some some valuable depth and i don't know how far familiar you are with florida's roster but like it reminds me when they went after like austin appleby you know what was that like five six seven years ago and he ended up starting some games so um just just, uh, I think these are the initial names. I, I, we're going to get into it later in the week as, as more transfer portal names go in, but certainly some interesting ones. Last thing, Bear Alexander. Does this feel kind of like a, a Marius Mims move? Remember when he went into the transfer portal and then he go back to, to Georgia? We haven't seen that any anywhere else. I, I thought a Marius Mims would kind of be like a pioneer, the first of his kind. What I mean by that is like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go test the waters, but you know, at the end of the day, it's got to be market's got to be right, and if it isn't, I know I got a really good home. Now, Marius Mims is different. He's he's at a premium position in defensive line, certainly is, but depending where you are, like Georgia, we've seen Georgia's hand, right? Like they are not lacking for talent or depth on the defensive line, so. And just judging from Kirby Smart's comments, talking about the way of the world, I'm not sure if that's going to be a relationship <laughs> that's going to be easily repaired. Maybe it is. I mean, he's George is black and white, right? At the end of the day, if, if Bear Alexander helps him move the needle, then they'll do whatever they need to do, and they'll, they'll put their differences aside. But, Drew, any, any, um, any tidbits on Bear Alexander where he might be? leaning or looking i i heard you usc was 
was rumored to be involved. But remember, I mean, his recruitment was all over the place. It was like five different schools. I remember he visited like Miami. Uh, there was a bunch of them. I, but USC is the one I heard over the weekend as soon as he entered. So we will see. And we know Lincoln Riley's not afraid to add some mercenaries on that defensive side of the ball. What do those two guys have in common that we just talked about, Bear Alexander and Savelle Smalls? Um, they're both you just ranked. said it. <laughs> Re- recruitments were both all over the place. Yeah. Unpredictable at times, right? And I think if you're looking for a future forecast in terms of, hey, is this guy like what are what are the chances one of these players is going to jump into, into the portal? I think that's where you start, right? Mm. Uh, and those recruitments are can sometimes give you a little look inside of what the future might look like as well if everything is not up to snuff once they get to college. So Bear Alexander, Savelle Smalls, a couple other names, Texas A&M getting in on the power run game. We'll see what happens with Hayden Wolf. It is a little bit quiet right now, Drew. We'll see what, what Wednesday brings, but right now those are the two names to know. Drew, big weekend for you in Orlando, like we talked about earlier, OT7, one of the bigger events regionally. I guess you would say from a seven-on-seven standpoint. But the alpha dog, Drew, we're getting used to saying it, but Notre Dame quarterback commit C.J. Carr, Tom Loy, our guy who covers it, 24-7 sports, Notre Dame affiliate, Irish Illustrated. Tom Loy, man, he's been getting in the work, I feel like. I, I love watching the private workouts of, of C.J. Carr. Nice little uh, – nice little – Inside look there from Tom Lloyd. But, Drew, what do you think of uh, Marcus Freeman's uh, highly decorated signal caller? I love him, man. I, I think I'm higher on C.J. Carr than most. But uh, it was a pretty deep group of, of quarterbacks assembled for this all-star seven-on-seven event, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, C.J., I, I thought he proved to be the best of the bunch over the, the two days. So they do pool play on Saturday elimination play on Sunday. He was rotating with another quarterback for a team called California Power that I think had only like two kids from California on it. I don't I don't really understand. I mean, there's kids from different parts of the country, but don't need to get into that. Um, you know, great deep ball. Um, and then this seven-on-seven seven tournament, Cooper, it is the weirdest format. Like quarterbacks can scramble um, and they could also – the team, the defense can blitz multiple times. So what, why does that matter? But like CJ Carr, there was multiple occasions where he had to like run in the open field and it's a two, yes, it's two hand touch, but like I was impressed how he moved and how he kind of created off script. Like, yes, I, I know he's not being hit in pads, but like if there's some linebacker running at you unblocked and throwing his hands up in the air and you're able to spin out of that, and fire the ball down the field for a first down. It's still pretty impressive. So I, I really liked CJ Carr. Um, you know, he's a guy that's right outside that five-star land for us, someone that we're going to um, continue to track over his senior season. And then we're going to see him wrap up his prep career, hopefully at the All-American Bowl, because I was talking to him, you know, just, just on the sidelines. And it was the first time I think I'd seen him since the National Combine. And he told me, you know, he's locked in with Notre Dame. Um, obviously, Tommy Reese is gone. New offensive coordinator comes in. But he is hoping to – he was explaining how his high school is set up, but there's a chance, I guess, he could participate in a boatload of bowl practices if Notre Dame were to make a bowl, which I, I think they will, um, before he even gets there. So, he, you know, and 
that's that's interesting because Lawson Lucky, who was the star of the Georgia spring game, I, I read somewhere where Kirby Smart said Lawson Lucky, I think, went through over a dozen bowl practices, and, and they think that gave him a big advantage. So I big fan of CJ Carr. I, I I thought he had the goods this weekend. Um, I liked what he did on tape as as a as a senior. Um, or excuse me, as a junior, especially in the playoffs this past season. So I think it's a really good, good one for Notre Dame. And I think he should be viewed as the quarterback of the future there. Dylan Rayola, quarterback number one in 2024. Jaden Davis, Michigan commit number two. Elijah Brown, Julian Sand, Julian Sand from California as well, along with Elijah Brown. Julian Sand committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And Tommy Reese, Andrew, CJ Carr, I'm not – putting you on the spot here, but you and I talking about this, I mean, two through five, it, it just seems like a hodgepodge, right? It doesn't, it doesn't really feel like, (laughs) Hey, there's a lot of separation between Davis at two car at five. Right. And if you talk to people in our industry, you talk to our team, it's just kind of your personal preference. You know, I, I love Elijah Brown. I love his 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 steady hand. Physically, he does not blow you away. Jaden Davis, there's a lot of physical traits to like there. Julian Sand, pretty similar to Elijah Brown, I would say. CJ Carr, from a trait standpoint, you can make the argument is right up there in the same conversation with the Jaden Davis. Well, he's 6'3, um, you know, 17 and 4 on Friday nights. I don't think he plays with the the best of supporting cast like some of these other quarterbacks. I mean, Jaden Davis has um, the, the number one offensive tackle in 2025, protecting his blind side and, and receivers going to the power five level. Elijah Brown probably plays on, I don't know, one of the greatest high school teams of all time. I, I feel like every time we do rankings, it's like a new matter day kid in the top two, four, seven. And for good reason, like these kids are talented, but Jesus, I mean, that is, that is one of the most loaded teams I've ever seen. So, yeah, I, and, and you talk about the pedigree um, related to Lloyd Carr, um, and, and the, the number that sticks out to me, and I, you know, I, I don't know how much you value this one, Cooper, but you know, tossing an interception in, 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 under the lights just once every sixty-three pass attempts, I think that is like third or fourth amongst the quarterbacks. So he doesn't he makes smart decisions, um, and I like that. I, I I just think that that there's a a high ceiling, and I also think there's a a, a higher floor with CJ Carr right now. Last thing on him, but when I was around him last year, Elite 11 Regionals in Nashville, to me, since I've been on the media side, he's been one of the few guys at the position where you like, you feel him. It's got a presence to him. Did you, did you feel that this weekend? Yeah. In, in terms of like, he's got some, some stuff like, yeah, he's got some stuff in his neck. Yeah, like he – yeah, he's cocky, right? Which for a quarterback, you got to know where to toe the line, right? Too much can sometimes be Baker Mayfield-esque. The right amount can be Joe Burrow-esque, right? And hard to assess that in a 17-year-old right now. But I, I when I was around him, I liked him. It didn't feel fake, felt right. No shortage of confidence. I think I'll just say that when it when it comes to to CJ Carr. 
Drew, a, another handful of guys, Jake Merklinger, who I feel like we have talked about at length on this podcast, number 10 quarterback in 2024. You got to see him again. So th those live evaluations are, are starting to stack up for you there. 2025, Bryce Underwood, currently the number one quarterback in that class. We'll talk more about 2025 later on. 2026, Julian Lewis. I'll tell you what, I'm excited about him. Number one signal caller there, I believe. Uh, and, and then you have Trevor Jackson, number 32 quarterback uh, in 2024, is a guy that we have mentioned recently. I think Bud Drew, when you were out, talked a little bit about Trevor Jackson when he got to see him at Elite 11 Orlando, and that's a guy and a name that uh, he put on our radar as a name to know. So, Drew, that that other crop of quarterbacks that you got to see, I know that's a lot to unpack there, but just yeah. your general thoughts. We'll go rapid fire here, right? So Jake Merklinger uh, committed to Tennessee, what, uh, two, three weeks ago. I love the fit there, and I said this in the past. You know, Tennessee, I think it, the quarterback situation setting up really well. You got Joe Milton, and then it'll be Nico Iamalieva. And then I think Jake Merklinger, it, you know, it, it's – He's got the experience. I thought what stood out with him in this this type of setting is he was he was very accurate. Um, and the other thing is he never really got rattled. And yes, again, it's seven on seven shirts and shorts. Yeah, they're wearing helmets, whatever. But I was talking with some of his receivers, and 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 they brought up like you know this guy's you know he he doesn't ever panic, which I, I kind of like in between the ears. So you know he was a top performer for me. Um, Still kind of think the same thing. I don't think he's ever going to really blow you away with the arm strength. But, man, you know, to have that guy in your quarterback room who it's, has all that all those live reps on, on Friday nights is, is comfortable, you know, th challenging tight windows. And uh, he can run the RPOs. Um, you know, I don't think he moved as well as I thought he did on tape in this setting. I, but, you know, again, it's, it's just kind of a weird environment. Bryce Underwood, he's our number one quarterback in 2025. Um, our, our good Joe Sloan, he uh, was on the podcast last week. LSU is in the thick of that recruitment for Bryce Underwood. He's a kid out of Detroit um, who I believe is 28 and one. He could technically be in the class of 2026. He is, he is young for his grade. Um, he has thrown for a, a ton of touchdowns. He's thrown for a ton of yards and, Coop, man, just I, I had seen him in person back in January, and then I saw him in you know a few months later, and he is just he has the frame that you are looking for. I mean, he looks like a a, a linebacker. He is six three, you know, two hundred pounds, rocked up, um, and he was he had some LSU cleats on and, and some LSU, you know, little towel. If you read into those things, I I don't really because these kids change gear all the time, but. Um, you know, he can he can he can air it out. Didn't think he was the most consistent. He, too, was kind of rotating with another guy. But, you know, that's how you want your quarterback to look. And 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 the last thing on Underwood, he he I, th I think where his shortcomings right now can be coached up. Right. So uh, like that about him. And then these other two, Julian Lewis, I guess this is the first time we've talked about him on the podcast. Get familiar with the name he's a class of 2026 quarterback yes so i know he's a freshman um but in georgia's highest classification he led his team to a state title appearance 14 and one through for over 4,000 yards you talk with people inside college recruiting departments and there was already buzz about this kid he has got all the offers 
Um, I saw, I think, one of his games on Sunday, and I had him like 12 of 15, two TDs and an interception. Um, but he he's he's certainly a name. If you haven't heard Julian Lewis yet, um, get familiar. And there's you know there's some people in my inbox saying that big media is already labeling this guy as the next thing. And I was quick to point out that uh, his resume speaks for itself. And and then that last one, Trevor Jackson, um, quarterback dominoes are falling, Cooper, right? They've, they've fallen, 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 fallen. I think this is a guy a lot of schools are going to pivot to. Someone I've been a fan of really since this past summer uh, when he threw at FAU at one of those mega camps. Um, I He's got the tools, just got to put it all together. Um, and, and and he can thread it. Uh, he just has to get to get consistent. And you know, talking with him, he's going to visit Illinois soon. He's going to visit Indiana soon. But uh, he brought up Oregon had reached out, Penn State had reached out, Texas A and M had reached out. So he's headed to the Elite Eleven Finals, um, and he's he's certainly a name. If your school is still looking for a quarterback, pop on the tape of Trevor Jackson. He's also pretty uh, dynamic as a runner. I told Bud that I, uh, Trevor Jackson, I have to look this up. Maybe you can do this for me. But his top five, if I was a betting man, he's not going to end up at one of those programs. Like, what I see for him is a similar trajectory to what we saw of Jackson Smolik last year, who was committed to Tulane, goes to the Elite 11 finals, puts on a really surprising performance in a positive way. Penn State smart enough to to pivot after Marcus Stokes, and and that's what you see. I mean, uh, Smolik a little bit different of a recruitment, obviously being from Iowa. I tell you what, man, I I know he's in your area. I I like the Trevor Jackson kid a lot, just from a physical trait standpoint. So I, I I'm excited to see what happens with him. Willie Fritz, he's in on that one too. I believe they're in the, his top five as well, right? So we have Indiana, Tulane. Who else am I missing there? Uh, Florida Atlantic. His brother plays at FAU. There you go. But they already know that he's the big. The big boys are coming. Should be any moment now, I would imagine. And it, if if they were smart, they would do that before he gets to LA this summer. Right. It, do what you got to do right now. Get him on campus. Find a way to go see him uh, during the spring. So whatever whatever you got to do there. Um, all right, Drew, a couple other positions. We'll recap Caleb Bodum, one of the best tight ends uh, in the country as well. K.J. Duff, same category. Kalen Fox, a guy that we got to see at UA Atlanta. All look good. Tell me tell me what you think about those tight ends. Well, Caleb Odom's a, a guy who caught passes from Julian Lewis there at Carrollton, over 1,000 yards receiving. Um, and, and we shot him up in our rankings, and it was like, all right, like we, we don't have any verified size on this guy. Uh, but the tape is fun, and he's kind of a flexed-out, big jumbo wide receiver. And that was the question. Is he a wide receiver or could he be a tight end? Uh, and I think he could be a, a, a tight end that has moved around. You find mismatches. And he was he was awesome on Saturday. I mean, I, I would have to guess 6'4", 215 pounds. I think he could get, eventually get up to 235 pounds. But this is a guy that also scores on the basketball court. I, I love that stuff when we're talking about pass catchers, you know, if you play basketball, you understand either, hey, how to get around someone or go through someone. Caleb Odom can do that. He caught everything that came in his area code. And, um, I, you know, he's a priority. Uh, I, you told me he's going to take an official visit to Colorado. Coach Prime, there you go. 
uh, in June. Miami's also involved, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Um, and I think we're going to get into this later, but Georgia, right? Georgia lost the tight end. I think Caleb Odom is a guy that they could pivot to, so really big fan of him. Uh, and then those other two, K.J. Duff, um, he's been talked about behind the scenes at 24-7 sports a lot, kid out of kid out of New York. I think he's got a good frame, um, some short area quickness. Same with with Kylan Fox, and, and Miami's involved in both those. I think FSU's also with Kylan Fox, K.J. Duff, Syracuse, North Carolina. Um, but these, these, are the, these are guys that can be, to me, difference makers on Saturdays as pass catchers, right? You know, half – Entry level blockers, um, but they're guys that can be more than check down options in that in that passing game. Another name to note: twenty twenty five running back commit for University of Central Florida. That is Tavion Swift. Drew, who you wrote, is quote unquote kind of a dude. Nice gift <laughs> for the Gus Bus, who is a friend of the show. And speaking of that, it's probably a good time to plug the show. You are listening to the twenty four seven Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Make sure to subscribe. To the show wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. Excuse me. Make sure also to leave a review. And if you have a question on there, that's the place to do it. We see you out there. I know there's people asking for Barton Simmons. There's people asking for a little bit of Vandy talk on there. We'll do what we can do. See if we can get uh, Barton in as a as a guest. I think Drew still got his numbers, so we can we can figure that out but in in all seriousness if you do have a question make sure you leave a review and guys we continue to see the numbers go up so we appreciate you listening to the show so now back to the topic at hand Drew, you kind of like this Tavion swift kid i do and right we had gus on the podcast so thought we should just talk real quickly about ucf moving to the big 12 last cycle they made headlines landing john walker right highest ranked recruit ever we'll see where this tavion swint kid it finishes in the rankings. Um, but I think he's even a bigger deal than getting John Walker. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, visited Florida a bunch of times out of nowhere, commits to UCF over the weekend. Uh, Gabe Brooks uh, on our recruiting team, he, he loves him as a running back. I do as well. Uh, ran for over a thousand yards this past season, but I like him as a pass catcher, difficult cover. Um, and, and the guy he kind of reminds me of off, off the hoof, is uh, Devin Motor Singletary, who uh, is with the Buffalo Bills and has been productive. And, and and overall, there was like a ton of UCF flavor at this tournament. Yes, it was in Orlando, but saw a bunch of, of, of current players there. So I think they could put together a, a nice class in 2024 and, and in 2025. So Tavion Swint, look for his name in the upcoming uh, rankings release for, for 2025. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, 
official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, Jerzer, about 15, 20 minutes left on the show. So let's talk a little bit about Florida State. Mike Norvell, who has been on a warpath lately of sorts when it comes to recruiting. The Knowles flipping the number one tight end in the country, Landon Thomas, as you alluded to earlier from the Georgia Bulldogs. And that's a hard one to get out of the grips of Todd Hartley, especially out of the Peach State. The Knowles also added B.J. Gibson over the weekend, three-star athlete. It's a third commit that's also expected to play baseball for Florida State, joining Camden Fryer and Cam Davis. And, Drew, I know it's easy to start with Landon Thomas. We're going to talk about him in a second. The B.J. Gibson kid, when I turn on the tape, I mean, there is a lot to like. It was kind of like this blend of Micah Pittman. That's a name for Florida State uh, fans that that they are obviously uh, certainly aware of. But a little bit of DeAndre Moore last year out of the state of California ended up signing with Texas was uh, one of the more highly touted slot receivers. And I think when you turn on the tape at B.J. Gibson, that's kind of what you see in this guy. It's a guy, uh, strong run after the catch, more of a running back type frame. But I like this kid. I know uh, there's a lot to talk about with Florida State right now, but I wanted to make sure B.J. Gibson got his shine because I think this guy's going to be a player for him. And and they landed Lowane McCoy on Thursday night, top 247 athlete out of Miami-Dade County, I wrote for Knowles 247. Like, I think he might be the top perimeter playmaker in Miami-Dade, so the 305 for the, the 2024 cycle. I mean, I, I don't think – I I mean, he is to me, right? I, I kind of like him more as a defensive back, but it sounds like the Seminoles like him on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, so you pair him with B.J. Gibson, what they already have committed at receiver. Uh, nice group for the Seminoles. Landon Thomas, let's talk about this because our number one ranked tight end – in the class of 2024, longtime Georgia commit, um, guy that doesn't really do a ton of off-season circuit events, so it's been kind of hard to get information on him. I've seen him in the past in person, uh, but man, the 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 footage and game tape, excuse me, speaks for itself. I don't think there is um, a, a another tight end out there in, in recent mem- memory with his run after catch capabilities. I mean, this guy is is a dude an absolute dude uh, i thought you know no way he doesn't end up at at georgia especially with uh oyster boys favorite todd hartley you know being there um so this is a monster win for mike norvell and the seminoles now they got the number five class but landon thomas i mean he is someone that i think a year or two on campus could could come in and be a difference maker in that offense like he he's got the goods Florida State, man. It, it feels like since I have uh, made my comment, do you remember on that? Preps to pros, I think it was. Said uh, recruiting is kind of like a uh, sailboat without a sail. <laughs> I don't even know if Mike Norbell heard that. I hope he didn't hear that, but it sounds like the Knowles have, have taken it personally. They've done a really, really good job on the trail. Drew, another program within the state as well. Florida. They just keep kind of chipping away on this 2024 class, and you expected them to be prepared under Billy Napier. But Xavier Filsami, number two safety in the class of 2024. Hopefully I said that last name right. I hate when I get those wrong. But, Drew, this is a guy that we like a lot. We had a lot of conversations. Do we include him in the top 32? Is he a five-star? This is a guy that we're really uh, willing to roll the dice on at the end of the day. I think he's got the best junior safety tape 
in in the 2024 cycle. And that's why he is a five star. Uh, I believe it's Phil Sam. Phil, Phil Sam. Sam. It's sad flag. No, you're fine because we uh, when we when we made him a, a 32. <laughs> I had to talk about him on the show, and one of the producers, you know, is also Haitian. Xavier is Haitian, um, and we were going back and forth. Uh, but man, this is a a monster ad for uh, Billy Napier. Like, I think he is is the real deal. And you know, I there's some Florida fans in my life, and they'll always ask for my off the record take. And I'm like, nope, like this is, this guy's a dude. Um, and there are rival sec schools out there that have, have relayed that message to me. Like, uh, no, it, it's worth going to Texas and, and fighting for the safety that can flow downhill and, and cover gaps. And, Oh, by the way, he runs, what is it? A 10 five in the hundred meter dash. He ran that last year. Um, Xavier's only been playing defense, I think for, for one or two years, a kid that is originally from the state of Florida, um, moved out to Texas. He's there at McKinney High School. I'm a huge fan of him. I think Corey Raymond, the ace recruiter who Billy brought over from LSU, I think he deserves a a, a ton of credit. We'll see what happens in the recruitment. You know, you, you look at his 24-7 sports profile, there's still a, a Georgia official visit listed on there, but a, a guy that had been silently committed for a while and Really, I think to me, he's kind of the crown jewel of the recruiting class right now on on, on defense. And then on offense, you got DJ Lagway. And look at that. Both those guys are from Texas. He reminds me of those Florida strong safeties back in the day. Matt Elam type, you know, Keanu Neal type, just athletic, eh, like they're almost like these hybrid second level defenders, really strong and run support, but can get it done in, in terms of pass coverage as well. So I think this guy kind of fits what they want to do to a T. All right, Drew, on our little uh, Sunshine State roundup here, Miami getting busy as well. Chance Robinson, one of the best receivers in the country, number 22 receiver in 2024. Got a chance to brush up on him again this morning. I have to say, people might be like, all right, how do you not know who these guys are? Drew, I don't know how you do it because right now we're in the middle of an update between 2025. Just got done updating 2024. It's super easy for these all all these guys to get to get blended up. So uh, the refresh is always necessary. So Chance Robinson in the boat for the Canes. Also, Chris Wheatley Humphrey, uh, number 75 running back in the country, stays local, commits to the Hurricanes, and then Dylan Day, number 72. Safety out of the state of Louisiana and Southern Lab. Uh, Drew, your thoughts on this uh, trio for the Hurricanes? Oh, did you are Are you familiar with Day or no? Did you Did you? I am. To, I yeah. am. I got to buzz the tape this morning. What did you think of him? I liked him. You know, a uh, uh, different, uh, same play style as a guy like Xavier Philsom, but not quite the body type. He's a little bit slight. He's under 175 pounds. But in terms of his ability to trigger, play downhill, and the instincts and run support, I like him a lot. Like I, I thought this was a very sneaky get out of the state of Louisiana, and it makes sense because to me it's probably one of those guys in state LSU is saying, you know what, we got to evaluate the senior tape before we make a decision. And there's going to be a school out there who's going to be opportunistic enough to say you know what we got the green light let's pull the trigger and yeah. miami to me took advantage of that 
Yeah, I, I, it's just interesting. Miami's recruiting class right now, you know, 39th, I think. I think the composite's still updating as the, as this taping. Um, just feels different than what they did last year in terms of getting, like, the big, big fish in the boat. I'm talking about the five-star tackles, but there's still plenty of time, plenty of runway. Chance Robinson, um, guy I'm obviously super familiar with. He goes to school five minutes away from where I'm taping this. Uh, I, I think he is a – He's a vertical threat with a, a a thicker frame. It doesn't really – you see him in person, right? And you're like, wait, that doesn't really add up. But, I mean, he can go get the football. I think as a as a junior, what, he caught a touchdown every 2.3 receptions. And usually at STA, you you wait your turn, wait your turn, wait your turn, and you got to be an upperclassman to produce. And um, I think he'll have a, a, a big senior season. And, and Miami obviously needs to revamp that receiver room. So that was a, a nice – pick up for them uh which I, I happened at their spring game on, on friday night i think before or after um with them and and, and miami's been trying to get into st thomas aquinas and remember jason taylor the uh all pro nfl legend he was a, an assistant at sda or he was the defensive coordinator now he's on staff as the defensive line uh, one of the d-line coaches there in coral gables had this thought coming to my head a little bit off topic here. LSU still looking for a defensive line coach. Jason Taylor's son, Mason Taylor, is at LSU. Do you think they reach out to him? I mean, should ask Joe, right? I mean, it makes sense, right? So, I don't know. For, well, I'll say thought. that. Right, I mean, yeah, you're right. We're off-roading here. Um, Jason Taylor, when he was – at STA, I went to a bunch of Aquinas games, obviously, you know, tons of talent there. Uh, and there was a, a a college contact that told me, and it's great to go St. Thomas Aquinas in December when they're preparing for a bowl or, you know, the state title game. Well, it's also the evaluation period. So you show up and it's like a co coaches convention. I mean, there's like 35 college coaches there. And I, I'll never forget, I don't know who said it, but they said, hey, Jason Taylor is going to be one of the best coaches at the next level. He can get a job wherever he wants. And and STA was his first stop. Now he is with uh, Miami. So I think his career is – his trajectory is only up. I agree. I agree. All right, Drew, let's uh, let's get to Ohio State, South Carolina, and then let's get out of here. I know producer Lance got to go. But Ohio State, they're keeping that thing rolling, man. They they land commitments from Max LeBlanc, number 18 tight end in the country. Out of Your the fan. state of Tennessee. Huge fan. Huge fan of Max LeBlanc. And let me tell you this, if you're an Ohio State fan, do not overlook this pickup for the Buckeyes. I think this is a guy that really kind of fits what they want to do in line, traditional tight end, but he's also got some pass catching upside. I think this guy fits uh, in Columbus under Ryan Day. Sam Williams-Dixon, running back, question mark, says Drew. Uh, pick up a commitment from him as well. So Ohio State, they're rolling. And Drew, one class in the country. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, number two player in the country, also back on campus, which is a very good thing for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I think that's that's the nugget, right? That he was there, number one class in the country. Um, Coop, yeah, uh, Max LeBlanc, what we saw him at the Under Armour All America camp, top performer, kind of a guy originally from Canada, now in Tennessee. I think his best football is still ahead of him. Yeah, I like him a lot. All right. Um, True, South Carolina, the beam team, you're just picking up steam as well. They pick up a commitment from the number two offensive tackle in 2024, the Gamecocks 
now have the number 11 recruiting class. If you're wondering who that is, that's Josiah Thompson. Forgive me for not mentioning that. Um, but Drew, uh, significant for a lot of different reasons. We, we, we talked a lot about South Carolina last year. They were kind of the bell of the ball, right? The surprise team. They finished in the top 20, I believe, numbers 16. They improved. They were in the top 25 the year before that. But to me, where South Carolina made their mark last year was in the trenches, right? That that was the the biggest significance for Shane Beamer was that this looked like a team that had a feel of addressing their biggest needs in terms of where they need to take the next step as a program. And that had to happen up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage. You think about guys like Marquis Anderson on the offensive line. Where do you want to start defensively? Right, guys like Desmond Umiazulu, uh, as well um, on on defense, and a handful of others. Montague Rames, uh, South Carolina, extremely impressive last year. This year, again, Josiah Thompson on the offensive line. Drew, why is this essential? So far, for what we know in 2024, this is not a class that is littered with elite offensive line talent. So being able to get a guy like Josiah Thompson in the boat early, that's a big deal for South Carolina because at some point or another, you have to figure Josiah Thompson is going to be a, a priority for a lot of different ball clubs, especially in that conference and especially you know for a team like Clemson and Dabo Sweeney as well. So big win for Shane Beamer and the boys. Uh, he's got he's got the traits and. Just to add on to everything you said, uh, it, it is Beamer. I mean, he's got the sunglasses. I mean, he's, he's he's cranking. And they have Josiah Thompson right now, our number two tackle. They also got Cam Pringle committed, uh, another in-state kid, right? You think those guys could be potentially bookend tackles. Like, that's what I initially thought, right? And then you go and look back at what they did the previous cycle. They got our guy Tree out of the DMV. You know, and they get they got Jatavius Shivers, who was like six eight, uh, a flip from Vanderbilt. So I just think South Carolina, you know, uh, was talking uh, with, with someone who watched the spring game. You know, it could be a a rough year for them. I think on the field when it comes to the offensive line play, but I think they have some guys in the farm, right? They got some prospects, some developmental guys, and you know, down the line, I don't think the offensive line will be as much of an issue if one, two, three, or four of these guys hit, right? You want to take bodies, see what they are, hopefully avoid setbacks, and keep recruiting traits, and and, and South Carolina is doing that. Uh, to me, in the SEC East, they're like the – they're the team to watch. You know, Tennessee, you got a pretty good feel for. Florida, who knows, right? Georgia, I think we all know what to expect out of them. And then you got South Carolina, to me, who's just kind of – the wild card they're just kind of chewing up ground year in and year out gaining a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and if you are shane beamer that should be the plan just every year just continue to kind of move the needle a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more so south carolina listen not only on the field but from like a program standpoint to me they got the hot hand right now and they got to keep riding that you know because even coming off the win last year against Clemson and Tennessee, who was a top 10 team at the time, but Clemson, more importantly, they're kind of at a crossroads right now, right? And you kind of, you see a little bit of momentum shift. Clemson's not going anywhere, but South Carolina is more in that conversation than they have been in a very, very long time. 
Damn, they open the season against North Carolina. I feel Fun like schedule. they do that every year. Yeah, I know. Where is that game? In Charlotte, neutral site. Drake May season. You know that game's just going to be weird. Yeah. Hopefully, it's like be a funky game. Good color combos, right? For like, sure. Yeah. Georgia week yeah, but- three. Florida at home. Oh, schedule's a little brutal. Yeah. Felt like that last year, too, at times. Life in the SEC. Tell you what. Tell you what. All right, Drew, final thoughts before we get out of here. Anything? I got none. I unloaded I like the I unloaded the clip. I'll say something. On your behalf. 2025. <laughs> going from 100 to 247. A little bit of a challenge, wouldn't you say, Drew? Yeah. Without guys playing their junior tape yet? I mean, you want to talk about projection. There it is right there. So, um, all right, boys are buzzing. Boys are buzzing. Hey, little spring football coming at you, huh? Next episode? A little yep. recap? Yep. Saw a little tease today with the M- Malik Murphy uh, tidbit. was watching his spring game performance this morning. I watched uh, Arch Manning, or as the people like to call Arch Smith. Got to watch Nico EMI Liava as well. A lot of thoughts, Drew. I think we'll, we'll cover that episode next episode, right? Yeah, just little spring observations. There you go. That's what we'll call it. Name of the episode, spring observations. Mark that down, Lance. There you go. Um, all right. Make sure to subscribe to the show. Like I said, Spotify, Apple, leave a review as well. Guys, we appreciate you listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast podcast for producer Lance Glenn with an L. For director of scouting, Andrew Ivins, I'm national recruiting analyst, Cooper Patagna. See you tomorrow. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.